Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon. It is 1.30 p.m. Eastern Time on Friday, April 29th. We're almost uh, into May, last official work day of, of April. Um, this is Michael um, doing a, a rare Friday edition of Drive Through because been busy this week. So I want to welcome our guests right away. So our guest today is Paul Hebert. Paul, welcome back to Drive Through. It's been a minute since you were on last. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Yeah, I can't even remember the last time. It's probably it's been, been a, a couple years. Yeah, you, you. We did a couple of shows. For some reason, I vaguely recall that we did a couple of shows with you in fairly close proximity, and that you had some quote kind of that said the less of me is probably better than more or something like that. So we decided to just. <laughs> ban you for a couple of a couple of years and bring you back, you know, now. So whatever 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 we talked about before, it's been a while and you and I haven't caught up really for a, a bit either and I just wanted to I figured this yeah. would be good content to, to catch up and we, we could just talk about, you know, stuff that's going on in the world. So anyway, for the yeah. benefit of those people who may listen to this show that may not know who and what a Paul Hebert is, why don't you start us out by introducing <laughs> yourself to our listeners. Sure, sure, yeah. So Paul Hebert is and still is invested in the um, activity of influencing behavior, whether that be incentives via distribution channel like dealers and distributors or even reward uh, programs for employees, employee engagement, but not just the reward side, also the communication side where you apply behavioral economic nudges as well as social psychology nudges. So it's the whole umbrella of how do I get people to do things either they love to do or don't like to do. But every executive sits <laughs> down and said, I just wish people would do X. I can help them do that. So Yeah. And, <laughs> oh, yeah. So and and over the last couple of years you have you you had gone you you were cons- well you've done a lot of things but when I first got to know you uh, you were a consultant I think at the time we met and then you sort of went back into the into the private sector in the W two world for a few years and now you're you're back out in consulting and, you know it's like it's uh, anyway so like right now I, I guess uh, right now. What are what are what are you what are you working on these days? Let's start there, and we'll kind of weave around about what happened during COVID and other stuff, I guess, as well. But tell us what you're doing this minute. Yeah. For the- well, I mean, right now uh, I'm working with some companies on their marketing content as it relates to their company and how they're positioning themselves and helping them write content for that, helping them kind of ferret out what's different about them versus somebody else, and then helping them figure out the best way to influence people through the different social networks to click on something, buy something, uh, be more brand aware, that kind of thing. So I'm, I'm helping a lot of companies with the, the marketing of their content, uh, I guess was probably the most of what I'm doing now. I'm still doing um, what I would call uh, – 
audits on their current uh, employee engagement strategy. What are they doing? How are they doing it? How can they improve that? What are they missing? What do they have too much of? What do they have not enough of? So I'm working with clients around that, doing, uh, you know, half-day sessions on brainstorming and facilitating how they can improve their employee engagement, what to include. So those are two of the big things I'm working on right now. Yeah. Um, and when I – you, you and I have been personal friends for, you know, going back a number of years yeah. now, and we're, we're, we're unable to, to – we had a – when I lived closer to you, we used to get together – probably once a month or so and catch up, whether it be lunch or steak yeah. or whatever. We had a, we kind of had a yeah. nice ongoing relationship. So, and, and that, that since I moved to Florida and the pandemic started and, you, you know, you're, it's harder to, it's harder to do that yeah. on a regular basis, which I, I regret. I miss those, I miss those conversations in a variety of other ways. Um, but when I first got to know you, um, you were blogging, I guess, and you were doing, you know, we were all active in social media. We all had that sort of rush of, uh, what's now a decade plus phenomenon, you know, with Twitter and Facebook and whatever. And, but you were, you were, you had your own blog and you also blogged uh, for quite a long time. I don't know the exact, I don't know. In fact, you may still be, I'm not hundred percent sure uh, for fistful of talent. So, so let's talk about blogging for a minute. Kind of what, like what, yeah. what that's done for you and, you know, like what your approach just in general, tell us a little bit about that part of your life. Yeah, I mean, blogging, I, I think I started my first blog was on, heck, people probably won't even remember this, but TypePad was the name of the service. That's back when Blogger had just come out and TypePad, and that was mm. pre-WordPress, I think. Um, so I, or it was, uh, TypePad was one of the few that was just really dead simple to use. So I, uh, I started that, I think, 2006, 2007. Um, I think I've always been kind of a frustrated writer, and that was the way to do it. But initially, I did it through my own my company, and I wanted to do it under the company logo. And then they said, no, we, if you blog, then everything becomes discoverable. We had a few lawyers, I think, on the board. Um, so they were worried that I might say something that could get the company sued. So I did it under mm-hmm. the, the name of Incentive Intelligence, and I didn't release who I was. It was just Incentive Intelligence was the blog. I'm going to apologize ahead of time. The dogs are barking in the background, but that's the no way of the world right now, right? Um, so I started as incentive intelligence, and after about two years, I just I said screw it, and I went ahead and did it from the company's point of view. Nobody ever said anything. Nobody else ever had a problem with it. Uh, so I was fairly early on in the uh, in the, the game, I guess. And then I worked. I wrote for Fistful, like you said, and they kind of closed that down. And um, don't do that anymore. And then I wrote for um, uh, HR Examiner as well, and uh, mm-hmm. they've kind of pivoted there. So um, I think part of the issue is that that blogging used to be the differentiator, and it's not anymore. You know, it's like it's like yeah. it's, it's, it's um, open it's openers. So I think um, you know when the, the bunch of us that started early in the game, um, they. Uh, we kind of got a little notoriety from that. So, you know, I think um, over the years, though, it's kind of been, I don't know, like I say, it's become just openers. But I do, you know, one of the things I try to do with my blogging is look for that um, unique point of view so that mm-hmm. uh, it's not just me writing, oh, here's an article from McKinsey. Here's an article from 
Accenture. Here's an article from Bain. Here's an article from PricewaterhouseCoopers or something like that, which I see a lot of that, that they think content is really just saying, hey, I like this article and here's five important points. And there's really no insight. Right. So I try right. to do a little bit better than that. Um, I, I get in ruts. Like right now, I haven't probably blogged in a month or two, um, unfortunately. Um, but that's just a function of being busy. But I still like blogging. I've always looked at it, and people think I'm crazy, but it's kind of my repository of knowledge. Because I'll bet if I go, and I do this regularly when I have a client call uh, on a specific issue, if they bring up something, I'll go Google my own blog or, or go into the search. Because mm-hmm. uh, I probably wrote a post about how to solve that problem at some point in time, or at least give me a, a head start on it, right? Because I've talked about it in the past. So it's kind of, here's Paul's brain out there, and this is what I've thought about and what I know. So I, I use it as a tool for future business, more like it's kind of like my journaling platform, even though it's open mm-hmm. to the public. Does that make any sense? No, it does. And, you know, I, and I've mentioned this a few times. I, uh, you know, like you, I started blogging pretty early on, and, and I was never anonymous. Mm-hmm. I just didn't know what I exactly what I wanted to write about except for HR stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had a blog that was called the human racehorses. I had two versions of that. One was on blogger, um, the, the Google yeah. platform that, you know, kind of the counterpoint counterpart to, that you mentioned to typepad back in that era. And then I went to a WordPress based version of it a few years later. And then I converted eventually uh, uh, like you have to, to my name. So I had michaelvandervoort.com and I had, I don't know, 1500 blog articles. And I moved them all into yeah. the michaelvandervoort.com domain and stupidly allowed the domain to lapse and lost all that content, ah. like literally a, a decade's worth of journals and thoughts. I, I think there was even a, a blog post I wrote called Being Paul Herbert, where I, uh, <laughs> Paul Hebert rather, where I uh, wrote a, like, there was a movie called Being John Malkovich. Uh, where there was a secret door into John Malkovich's mind. And I wanted to do a series of those. You and William Tinkup were the two that I sort of picked on. And I was going to go Mm. back and see if I could find that. And I realized, man, it's gone. You know, like I wrote it. I don't know how good it was, but I had fun writing it, you know, and uh, it's all that's gone. So, yeah, I I totally get it. Have you you tried Google Wayback? Have you tried Um, Google Wayback? I haven't, um, you know, it just, I, anyway, but, but it, so it's, you know, I sort of regret, uh, I sort of regret it. But then the other side of that is like you, you said you've been in a rut for one or two months. And I looked the other day, I, I wrote the closest thing that I, that I wrote to a blog post, which I actually published on LinkedIn was, it was in May of last year. And that's about how frequently oh, wow. I feel like I have something to say in writing outside of work these days is about once a year. I just, I just don't write. But but yet I love doing this podcast, right? The verbal audio, yeah. you know, interaction yeah. is more more my jam these days for whatever reason, right? I had so much to say, and then all of a sudden I just ran dry, and I've never been able to yeah. get anything back, and it's weird. Uh, but I guess that happens, you know, to like you know, people paint, and then suddenly they don't know how to paint anymore or whatever. So interesting stuff. Well, Although I think nobody you know, really I, wants I, I agree, but. Yeah, but I think it's a matter also that a lot of us have started early in the game and wrote a lot. Because I used to write probably one a day for probably seven years. Mm-hmm. 
you know, so I had in that 15,000 or 1,500, 2,000 posts easy. Um, I even did a calculation one time, and I did the, an average of this many words per post, blah, 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 and it came out to like four war pieces or something like that. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm, I think you mm-hmm. do kind of run dry because I don't know about you, but I find it um, it's not very exciting to write the same post five different ways, right? And unfortunately, right. there's always a, a new crop of people coming in. And I think as writers or as bloggers, we always think that once we've written something, everybody in the world has seen it and now internalizes it, and there's no need to do it again. Um, but mm-hmm. that's just not true, right? There's always a new audience coming on. So I think, though, that it's we get tired of the writer gets tired of writing the same thing different ways, and we always are looking for new things to write about. So it's kind of that yin and yang of uh, or yin and yin and yang of uh, writing. Because that's how I feel. I, yeah. I'll go through a spurt where I'll find something that, oh, I need to dig into that a little bit deeper, and then I write about that for a little while, and then I get bored again. Yeah, yeah. I still I, I like telling stories better now for some reason mm-hmm. than I do writing harder stuff, I guess. I don't know. Hey, listen, I wanted to ask you specifically about rewards and recognition stuff that's happening yeah. kind of on the backside of the pandemic and in this, you know, in whatever this, great resignation or whatever you choose to term it as how 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 it feels and i know it's a big question and with a small amount of time but how is your field and what you do how has it changed or what are you guys doing in response to like today's environment from hiring and motivating and all the other kind of forces that are in play what are you what are you seeing and, and working with well, I think that the first thing right off the bat that changed with COVID and everything else is the remote work, right? So that changed a lot from a, especially for employee type work, uh, where you're talking about employee recognition, employee engagement, because now in, in the past it was pretty easy. Everybody was there. You could celebrate um, milestones, you know, whether it's your service anniversary, you can get together and have a cake or, you know, ice cream cake or pop, you know, whatever it might be. Uh, go out and have a drink that night with the team. Can't do that. Mm-hmm. Haven't been able to do that. So now you've got that whole issue. How do you do virtual celebrations? How do you do them when they're not you know, so they're not uh, corny and, and you know do you, do you make people? Do you just uh, so there's this this whole discussion now of how do we work in a virtual world now and and, and do that? And that's just you know that, you know you just that's a learning experience. We have to keep. Um, you know, just trying to do a better job each time. So that's a big one. Is how do I do the remote versus off non-remote? Um, there's been, you know, obviously in my industry, the incentive and reward industry, travel was a big part of that for especially dealers or salespeople, like say big sales organizations, top sales people get to Hawaii, can't do that anymore. So a lot of that transferred over to uh, local events or things you could do locally or some sort of currency that allows you to redeem for gift cards or merchandise or, you know, TVs, that kind of stuff. So it did affect mm-hmm. it uh, just because you can't do it in real life stuff. And managers have to now figure out how do I get the same level of engagement when I don't see people every day. And I'm not, you know, we, we didn't train our managers before the COVID thing on how do you handle remote workers. There just weren't that many of them, right? And, and right. I think a lot of companies could also say, look, yeah, you're remote, but you need to come in once a month or once every three months or something like that, which gave managers the opportunity to do the things they're good at, which is the one-on-ones and 
and meetings and things like that. Well, that's gone now. So it's been it's been an interesting couple of years as as people learn new skills and managers are having to step up and do things differently. So uh, some companies are doing it better than others. Uh, some, I think, made the decision to wait it out and think it's all going to return back to normal. And I think we're, what we're seeing now, is, and I, at least that's what I'm seeing, is that it's not. It's not going to go back. It'll be a little bit different. Uh, virtual is always going to be now a part of what we do at work. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm, I'm very interested to see where this ends up. Yeah, me too. I just saw, and I haven't actually read through the whole document. I mean, it's a, it's it's not really a it's not a white paper or anything. It's it's a few paragraphs. But I saw Airbnb, uh, which is obviously sort of a tech company, I guess, and you know, at least in a, from a software services point of view, um, they announced a policy that says you know everybody can work from home, and we're gonna and you can live uh, you can live wherever you want, ninety days out of the year. If you want to work and live in another country for 90 days, that's cool with us. Um, there are you know, some ramifications to that on taxes and other things. And, and, and we're going to get together for one week, once every quarter, on a staggered basis. It was kind of the gist of what I got out of this, sort of the synopsis of the article. So they've sort of you know, problem solved in a, I guess, in a modern way. I don't, I don't like the terminology, but they, they've kind of, they kind of took it you know, took it on as being the next generation of how we're, how we work rather than trying to figure out how to do hybrid or you have to be in the office three days a week or you can only live, you know, somewhere where you work 20 miles away from a corporate office or blah, 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 all those parameters that more traditional companies are doing. So we're starting to see those things kind of leak out. They also said they wouldn't drop their compensation and make all, you know, change their benefits, all those things that other companies have been doing, you know, they're kind of like, sure, you get more flexibility, but we're going to take some back on the other side. You know, you don't live in San Francisco. We're not going to pay you as much or whatever. So um, it's interesting to mm-hmm. kind of watch this stuff develop, develop over like before our eyes. And, and it, it, to me, it seems like it, it's bigger changes than what we would normally have seen, you know, prior to the pandemic. Yeah. So I, you know, I'm constantly fascinated by like, is this the new thing or is this just a blip, right? And, 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 you know, we'll see how it settles out a year from now and two years from now, I guess. Um, we're uh, I'm checking time here. Give me one second. Sorry. I lost my, uh, I lost my page. How did I do this? Anyway, we're down under 15 minutes. I know that. So, Hey, I wanted to, I'm, I'm switching gears up on you cause we got, you know, we, you, you and I yeah. usually have three or four hours to do these catch ups. So, it's Friday night. I always look forward to Paul Hebert on Friday night um, on Facebook. And, you know, <laughs> Paul usually is, uh, Paul usually indulges in a little bit of a dram or two of some alcoholic beverage and asks provocative questions and shares interesting opinions. So is there a theme for tonight that I should be geared up for, or is, is this just a sort of a, another incidental random Friday? Yeah, it's kind of incidental. I've, I've not had a theme in a while, only because it's just, uh, you know, I'm trying to be, and, and, you know, it's funny that, you know, my wife calls it Friday Follies on Facebook, but, you know, it's uh-huh. I was getting just tired. I, I was looking for ways. I wanted to learn more about the people that I am connected to on Facebook, and rather than, you know, just, oh, okay, your, your kid's the prettiest kid in school, it's the smartest kid in school, it's the fastest runner, it's the highest grade point, you know, whatever it is. I mean, that you know, everybody on Facebook, all you see is their highlight reel, right? So I wanted mm-hmm. to figure mm-hmm. out, all right, is there, you know, 
what questions can I ask people that, that interest me about them and things that, you know, that I find interesting about myself. And then I just kind of, you know, extrapolate that out. Mm-hmm. Things like, what were, what was the best advice your father ever gave you or your mother or what, what food do you equate with, you know, being at, at home with your parents or something like that or, or your family. Mm-hmm. Get people to kind of think about, what's going on in the world or what, you know, their lives or, you know, I think I started out with what is the punchline of your favorite joke? And that was just the question. I think that was the first one I ever posted on a Friday night. And you're right. It's usually after I've loosened up, I've had a week, I get a, you know, a glass of whiskey or scotch or make a Manhattan or something. And, you know, you get one of those in, you start to get a little loose and you ask a few questions and uh, that's what I was doing. And, you know, some weeks Mm -hmm. I do a good job. Some weeks I get no interaction at all. Um, it's just, you know, a couple hours of my time Friday night to kind of just have fun and, and, you know, it's, it's my TV show or my radio show or whatever you want to call it, um, that has zero, very few viewers. (laughs) (laughs) Low ratings, but nobody, uh, you know, I, I always say on this show that like we, you know, we've been doing this thing for 10 years, you know, a bunch of us, yeah, I mean, you know, Brian and you know, William and all the other, you know, current and former hosts and, um, you know, it, we don't do anything for money, really. We 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 take money every now and then because who who says no? But we don't work to make money from this thing because it's 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 basically fun and let's just say what we want. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, it gives us some uh, anyway. So I I, I kind of get it. I think your Friday night follies, as your wife just said, which is a great name, by the way. Um, I think that, you know, uh, I think that's great. The kind of the same thing that you do. And, and that brings me, uh, we have eight minutes, eight and a half minutes. That brings me to one of the other topics you mentioned, you know, trying to help people do better in the social media space in terms of their marketing and that kind of stuff is part of your work now, but you, as much as anyone I know, I think has had a pretty serious love hate relationship with social media. And, and I think yeah. I, feel like from observing you Facebook in particular because like you've done you've done some you know long hiatuses and I think you call them Irish exits where you were leaving and nobody would notice and and then you know now you've come back (laughs) and you've hung around but you you uh, you you still express every now and then you know some of the some of the same things you just said that you know this place is just a bunch of bunch of posers sharing their their fake lives you know and how can we get more real here so how how are you how, how like because it's been important from the blogging perspective and from your career perspective in a lot of ways, as it has in mine. It was really a life-changing experience. Yeah. It's certainly not all perfect, right? So love-hate relationship. Right. Talk to us about that. And then and then let's spend a minute on Elon Musk and Twitter just because I'd, I'd love to know what you think. Yeah. Not because I think – yeah. So let's answer that and then go to Elon and share your yeah. grand poobah thought there of the yeah. day. Yeah, just to be clear, I don't want everybody getting mad at me out there. I don't think everybody on Facebook's a poser. I do think that people on that, Facebook Sorry, that was, share, my, that was my terminology. Yeah, yeah sorry. Go yeah. ahead, Paul. They, everybody just shares good news, right? And I make, that makes sense, yep. right? You don't want to put a post up there. Oh, by the way, I, you know, I got, cut my foot off today, and, and, and oh, what right. me. Um, and I, nobody wants that. So yeah, I get that. But it does get a little bit um, – I don't know. There's just some drama people out there that, that, that enjoy posting things solely to get people to say, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. You, you know, you're like, 
you know, there's just, there's a lot, of, there's a few people that, that I, that follow me or I, I see in my feed that are just kind of drama, you know, thirsty drama queen kind of thing. But, um, but I do have a love hate because I get it. People love that interaction. It's fun. You know, it's that dopamine hit every time you, you see a post that's interesting. Uh, on the other mm-hmm. hand, it's, uh, it's few and far between when you get really good conversations going. And I think that's part of it is that it never will live up to its potential, but, you know, does anything? I don't know. You know, you know, just like Twitter, right? Everybody's complaining now about Twitter and Elon Musk now wants to buy Twitter because he's, you know, all about, you know, you know, free speech. I, I, for a guy that's as brilliant as he, as he, as he says he is and everybody think he is, I don't understand why he know, doesn't understand the difference between how free speech in this country works and how Twitter being a private company works because, Free speech has nothing to do with Twitter. It has to do with the government, right? If the government can right. shut down stuff. Whoever owns Twitter can shut everybody off. They could only post tweets from people that are six foot one, you know, if they wanted to. Mm-hmm. They got every legal right mm-hmm. to do that. Uh, you, now, well, I don't know. That might be considered, uh, um, you know, a, a, I don't know, a type is considered a, a class. But my only point being, <laughs> there are some legally protected class things that they can't do. But and that's why this whole thing drives me nuts with Elon Musk is because he's got a cult of personality because he says that, oh, this is going to help with the First Amendment. Everybody agrees with him, and it's full of crap. It doesn't. What's he going to do that's any different? You know, put an edit button in? I would I would like an edit button. But uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, I, you know, it's much ado without nothing, and now I'm reading it. It looks like it's unraveling anyway. Uh, I haven't dug into it today. I just saw a couple of headlines that said he may not be able to do this anyway. But um, yeah, there's there's some you know, indication about some Chinese money and some other things. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I saw the same thing. So. I'm, I'm um, never a big fan ahead. of our own our U.S. oligarchs owning the media, right? Bezos owns New York Times, is it, or Washington Post, or whatever he owns. Now, you know, Post. somebody else is going to own Twitter now, and we don't need that. I don't think. I mean, that's just our version Yeah, ironic, ironically, though, hasn't that always been the case? Like, Randolph, William Randolph Hearst owns, well, you know, big paper. I wouldn't I say mean, always, yeah, but yes. Yeah. Uh, don't, don't the rich – well, I, I mean, like, somebody with influence and money owns every newspaper, right? It can be a corporation today more likely than an individual um, probably. But, I mean, ha, like the New that's York the Times or – yeah, that it's a corporation versus an individual. Is that that you think that's the difference? <laughs> yeah. If an, well, yeah. If an, well, because private companies don't have the same rules. They have they don't have to follow the same rules as public companies. Right. So I, I know, guess I, I guess well, I, 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 I takes everything private. Yeah. Oh, that's I'm sorry. Problematic in my mind. Yeah. Okay. No, I get it. I, w- I was wondering where you were going with that, but I, I see where you're going now. So. Um, it, it, yeah. I, I think it's I, – I don't, I don't think it's uh, as big as what people are – you know, on either side, if there yeah. are sides, right, the, the right wing versus the left wing kind of thing, you know, the liberals versus yeah. conservatives or whatever, however you turn it. I don't think it's ultimately going to be as big of a thing as everybody's playing it up to be now. And it, it's a great opportunity for drama. I'm leaving Twitter and going to, you know, pick whatever the, uh, the next platform is that people won't hang out on because, Truth you know, we all know maybe. about the – <laughs> I tried to join because, you know, I follow all of those things as part yeah. of my work. 
I'm still from day one. I'm still on a waiting list to to go on through social where I don't even really want to be because of my own political persuasion. But you know, I kind of feel like I need to see what's there, but I can't get an oh, account. Yeah. Oh. So yeah, I, I hope all the people that leave Twitter do go to True Social because maybe it'll open up a, a spot for me to actually get an account so that I can see what it looks like besides looking at Donald Trump's posts with Code Cafe uh, or whatever, which actually did make me laugh. Um, we're down. Yeah, to the last but I'm also a big minutes. fan of hearing alternative points of view. Yeah, so me too. There's nothing me wrong too. with it. I, I like to hear all no, I just by research and I make sure they're real. Yeah, I just, it, yeah, I just, it, it just, the, there's so, there's such a loud drone, you know, from both sides that it gets, gets wearisome yeah. uh, listening. You know, I'd rather kind of yeah. filter yeah. through my own space rather than hang in one spot. So anyway, uh, well, listen, this was kind of an uh, all over the map. Uh, episode, but I'm happy to have had you as a guest. Uh, oh yeah, so you know, always good. Yeah, I'll, uh, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll look for some Hebrewism tonight. Uh, but tell, tell folks where they can find you as we wrap up the show. Well, the easiest way is at my website wphebert.com. Just W is William, P is Paul. wphebert.com. That's the easiest place. It's got everything there. It's got all my all my uh, social, you know, digital footprints listed there, as well as all my posts and how to reach me. But yeah, that's the drop, easiest drop way. Easiest Facebook. way to remember yeah. it. Drop by Facebook on Friday night and find William Paul Hebert and <laughs> and have a have a glass of bourbon with him or a Manhattan. It it can be fun. So anyway, I'll 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 yell over there later, Paul. Thanks for coming on the show. It's great to all talk right. to you. You got it. Have a good day. Great. Take yeah, care. Thank Bye. you. All right, Michael. Bye bye.